It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Monday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Today on the show, we're going to recap the Hawks weekend. Yeah, the disappointing weekend that it was as they are now on the verge of elimination in their first round series against the Miami Heat. And it is draft week. Woohoo! We're finally here for the Atlanta Falcons draft. I'm going to give you kind of my thoughts about just where we are with this draft and what's going to be happening all this week. It is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We welcome you into another edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. We uh, ask you, of course, part of the Locked On Sports uh, Atlanta Network. We do ask you to head over to our YouTube page, put it in the browser up there, Locked On Sports Atlanta. You find the page, you hit the subscribe button, you leave us a comment, you tell us what you think about the show. We always like your feedback, and I do go through and read uh, all of the comments from people, good, bad, or otherwise. Hey, listen, it's all a uh, part of the territory, right? You can follow me on my Twitter page, at jmch 3 one six. Well, we had a couple of more games in the Atlanta Hawks first round series against the Miami Heat. Both of these games back at State Farm Arena. Of course, Friday night back home. It was a great crowd. I was actually at the State Farm Arena for the game was broadcasting before the start of the game. I got a chance to stay and watch the first half and everything. And it was a great environment. And certainly the crowd was fired up. And we knew that going uh, into it. I felt a lot better about Friday's ability to win the game and wasn't so sure about last night. Well, we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Of course, Hawks did hang on Friday night to beat the Heat 111-110. Now, looking back now, I guess with the benefit of hindsight and given what happened last night, you feel like the Hawks escaped with one. You feel like the Hawks did what they had to do. They found a way to come back. You know, Miami Friday night, they went on a 21-0 run. They had all these big runs. They had multiple times. They had double-digit leads on the Hawks. Even though I thought the Hawks played really well and the Hawks shot their best night from three-point land uh, in the game, I think that was a big di- That was one of the big differences. Um, they got lots of contributions from different people in the game. You know, it, it wasn't necessarily just Trey Young uh, doing his thing. Um, Trey shot the ball okay. He was 6-14. of but again, he had another rough night from three, only two for six. I mean, he didn't really get it cranked up and going. But they got a good performance out of Bogey. Wright had a good game coming off the bench. Uh, Hunter had 17 points. Things really kind of clicked for the Hawks. But it did feel like that they dodged a bullet and maybe escaped with a win where they could have very easily lost that game. But Trey was magnificent in the fourth quarter, and he did his thing. So they found a way to get a victory and take care of the heat on Friday night. So we turn around and we get into yesterday and there was a lot of buzz going into the game because as we got word all through the day, Clint Capella was going to become available for the Atlanta Hawks. And so we knew that he was just about ready to come back. We knew he was going to be out Friday night. We got the word early on enough that Clint was going to be out Friday night. Wasn't really sure though, if a, he was going to come back on Sunday or B, if they would hold him and sort of wait for this series to shift to Miami just to give him a couple of extra days of rest and work and get the swelling down and everything that goes along with an injury like that. And if you're not familiar, it was a hyperextension of the knee, but it certainly had swelling and everything that went along with it. And I think that's the big reason why we didn't see him on Friday night is not so much the rehab part, just or the strength part, I should say, but just the swelling of it just 
trying to get that fluid down. So he comes in and plays last night. Now, you could make an argument last night that the Hawks had their full complement of players and played their worst game of the series. Last night was a debacle. I mean, there's no other way to describe that. Hawks came out and played well. They were up by one, believe it or not, after the first quarter. Hunter comes out last night. He hits his first couple of threes. He hits another basket, hits another three. He starts out three for three from three-point land. He starts out four for four. And even though Trey was sort of sluggish and getting into the mix, you know, you had a couple of baskets from him. You had a few rebounds from Cliff Capella. You had some defensive presence in there. Got a basket from John Collins. You got a thing here and a thing there and a beat by boop, bop, bop, beep, bop. And things are looking good. And then the game just got away from the Hawks. The game just escaped. The Hawks put up 15 points in the second quarter. They were outscored in each of the last three quarters with the second quarter being their downfall. What bothers me about the game last night is, well, there, there are a couple things that bother me about the game last night. One is your backs were up against the wall and you didn't respond very well. You know, Friday night was one of those things where you saw the Hawks have the resiliency that we saw in the playoffs last year. Backs against the wall. We're down. We're not going to lose. You know, Kevin Herter written an article earlier in the day in the Players' Tribune. Hey, we're not ready to give this thing up. We're we're back home. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Okay. Um, they didn't play well. <coughs> but they found a way to fight, scratch, and claw. Their star player played like a star in the fourth quarter. And most importantly is they got a victory. Don't care if it was by one point. Don't care if it was by 100 points. I don't care what the reasons were. At the end of the day, all that matters is you found a way to win a game. And could they have lost that game on Friday? Yes, but you found a way to win. So that same scenario spills into last night's game. And you come out playing well. And you come out with some fire. And you know Miami's going to come out and try to just they want to take one of these games. And then the second quarter, it just all falls apart for the Atlanta Hawks. And their shot selection starts to go bad, and the turnovers start to come back, and you gave up way too many offensive rebounds in the first half of that game. You couldn't hit your free throws. So you couldn't shoot the three. You couldn't hit your free throws. You didn't have defensive intensity. You didn't have a lot of oomph in your game. You gave up too many re offensive rebounds. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play? That's what's so frustrating. And look, I'm going to talk a little bit more in the next segment about Nate McMillan. But what's concerning is, and there, and we're going to get into, not today, but obviously probably very quickly here because I'll go ahead and say it now. I don't think the Hawks win on Tuesday night. I don't think the Hawks, I don't think the Hawks go down to Miami. And be, I think Miami smells blood in the water, and I think they're going to close this thing out at home and be done and move on so that they can have a little bit of rest and get ready for their next series out there. And if the Hawks don't play any more inspired on Tuesday night than they did last night, then this thing will absolutely be over. It won't take very long for the Heat to just put the put the Hawks away with all of it. But we'll talk about Nate McMillan because I don't think he did a good job. And I don't think he's done a real good job this series in some ways about trying to help his team out and just kind of change up some of the momentum for all of it. But you came out and laid an egg. You came out and you had Capella back and you had the crowd fired up and this and that. Everybody says it was everybody's loud, if not louder, on Sat on Sunday than it was on Friday. And you put that effort up. And it just didn't look like the Hawks could figure out anything. And there was a lot of excuse making. And there was a lot of just, 
Well, you know, it's one of those things. Okay, this is definitely a flawed basketball team. <clears throat> They're going to have a busy offseason. They're going to have to figure some things out because what hurts is we're getting more and more to the idea that last season was a fluke. That, that last season was very flukish, and I really hope that's not the case. We're going to talk more about this. We're going to talk more about Nick McMillan when we come back. It is John Chuckery with you here on Hitting Hard on the Locked On Sports Network. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Back with you on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We do remind you, head over to our YouTube page. Of course, you put in the browser Locked On Sports Atlanta Give us a like there, subscribe to the uh, channel, uh, rate us, tell us what you think, give me some comment and some feedback about what you see, what you like, what you don't like. I do read uh, all of the comments. And of course, I want you to follow me on my Twitter page. That is at JMCH316. We uh, continue with the uh, or the uh, memorial, I guess, uh, if you will. I don't know if that's the right word, but Hawks get blown out 110.86. That, that I do know. Now they are down 3-1 in this series, coming back to Miami on Tuesday where the heat could wrap this thing up. Um, I don't think the Hawks are, not only do I not think the Hawks are coming back in this series, but I think the Hawks end up losing on Tuesday. This season is what it is at this point, And it does, it does bother me in a few ways. You know, I, I said we would talk about Nate McMillan. You know, these last couple of nights where the Heat have made some of these big runs, Nate has been very hesitant to use some of his timeouts. If nothing else, just to stop the momentum. I mean, the Heat, the Heat were on a 21-0 roll on Friday night, and nothing really happened. Heat got on another big roll last night in the first half of that game. Actually, that scored the Hawks 30 to 15 in that second quarter, and Nate didn't use his timeouts then. And while I like Nate McMillan, um, there is a lot of his past um just you know digressions that are coming out now. There's a reason why he was fired in Indianapolis. There's a reason why they were, what, like 3-16 and or something in his time there in the playoffs. And I know last year was a magical season, and and Nate McMillan could do no wrong, right? Well, this season's not been all that great for Nate. You know, every night when you're hearing about defensive effort and this and that and this guy and that guy – well, Nate McMillan's the guy who controls the minutes. I mean, if you're telling me that it's effort and guys aren't putting up the effort that you want, aren't you the guy that controls all that? Isn't that the one thing in the NBA that a head coach can do and influence is the minutes that you play? I always remember having these conversations. I got a chance to work for a year on radio with the great Sam Mitchell, former NBA player, 
former NBA coach of the year with the Toronto Raptors. Remember when he had that great run with them? Then also coached in Minnesota after Flip Saunders died. And I always remember him talking about that, hey, there are a lot of things that coaches can't do, but there are a few things here or there that coaches can do. And there are things that coaches can influence. And Nate McMillan himself, if you remember, he and Gary Payton were one of the greatest defensive backcourts in the history of the NBA. Nate McMillan was a terrific player, and he was a terrific defensive player, you know, probably overshadowed by Gary Payton because he was called the glove. But Nate McMillan was no slouch when it came to defense. So why is his team so bad? Why are they so bad defensively? And, and, and why is he so hesitant at times to use his timeouts to break momentum? I don't know. But I do know this. If, if this is sort of where they're at next year, if the general manager or the head coach is going to end up going, because this is not, it's now becoming, and, and I said this earlier, and, and I hate to think about it like this, but it's becoming like last season was a fluke. It, it looks like now that there were some things that came together. You also had some favorable matchups, you know, like the Knicks to get started. You had some things that fell your way with the 76ers with, you know, their favorite Instagram model, Ben Simmons, who's not now, now he's not even going to play in game four. Uh, honestly, he's as tough as wet tissue paper. That, that's how tough and resilient he is, is put some tissue paper in a, in a bucket full of water, pull it out and see how long it lasts for you when you got to wipe your car down with it. That's Ben Simmons. Things worked out last year. And uh, you look now, I, I hope it's not a fluke. I hope that this is not something that we look back in a few years and say, well, that was a pretty good one-year run that the Hawks had. This offseason will be monumentally important for the Atlanta Hawks. This is going to be, you know, I, and, and we throw this hyperbole out all the time, right? This is the most important offseason in franchise history. No, this is the most important offseason in franchise. Not because it's the latest most important, but – if you're going to capitalize on your first real superstar that you've had, and with all due respect to Joe Johnson or some of these other guys, I'm talking about your first real superstar, difference-making superstar that you've had since Dominique Wilkins, you have got to put together a capable roster, and you've already signed some. You've got Capella locked up and Herter locked up and Collins locked up and Trey locked up. Now you have to put your big boy pants on, and you have to take that next step up and put another star with Trey Young, as tough as that may be, because hell, every team in the league wants stars, right? But you're teetering on this being a fluky run from last year, and that's what bothers me about. It. I think the Hawks are a better team. You've seen the Hawks at times when they line up against the best competition in the NBA, they win. They beat the Phoenix Suns when they were the hottest team in the NBA, number one overall record, ten straight road wins, bop 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 bop. You've seen them line up. At, you know, these teams you're watching right now, Memphis and Golden State and Phoenix, Hawks beat all those teams at home. Hawks beat all those teams at State Farm Arena. But the Hawks also lost to the Houston Rockets at State Farm Arena. The Hawks also lost twice to the Detroit Pistons this year. It's maddening. And, and this series has been a micro. You know, Trey Young, <clears throat> Trey Young had one shot inside the three-point arc that's not. One, one shot inside the three-point arc. He went to the free throw line one time. It wasn't even he drew a foul on somebody. He shot a technical. 
and he was awful from three-point land uh, in the game last night. He finished uh, three of ten from the three-point line. It was a bad night for your superstar. And he said after the game, well, you know, they're collapsed and they put all these guys on. Okay, number one, they've done that all series. Well, they switch and they pick up. Okay, you had Clint Capella back last night. Don't you start to pick and roll? And don't you have to get perimeter ball movement and get shots for your guys, open shots? If they're double and collapsing you, somebody's open. Somebody's standing there wide open. And there's Bogey, Herder, Gallo, Hunter. You know, they're lined up around the perimeter. Move the ball around. How about design a play, Nate, to get the ball moving? You know, Colin, they're all standing out there. It ain't. Ain't like you got guys cluttering up the middle of the court that they can double you up high and there's, you know, everybody else is just find something. Coach better, play better. But these excuses are just, Trey Young's a superstar. He is, okay? He should be an all-NBA player this year. And to hear him kind of talk about, it's not like the Miami Heat are doing anything different. It's not like that this isn't how the Miami Heat play. It's not like that, to be honest with you, they have a good roster, but the Miami Heat are not a great roster. They're not out-rostering the Atlanta Hawks right now. They're not a roster that is just so full of stars, but they have an unquestioned leader in, in Jimmy Butler. They have a great sixth man that's consistent every night in Tyler Hero. I don't know if he won sixth man of the year, but he was up for it. Gives you 21 points off the bench. They have tough guys. They're a tough-minded, defensive-minded team. And they bring that every single night. What are the Hawks? How do you define them? I think at times they're soft. I think at times they're not resilient. I think at times that they're a bunch of excuse-making. And I also think that they're very talented that when they get their act together, they can play and beat anybody in the NBA, anybody. And they have done that. You pick any Western Conference team, the Hawks have lined up and and can beat them or have beaten them. You pick any top-tier team in the Eastern Conference, the Hawks have and can line up and beat them. But they're being outclassed. They're being outcoached. They're being outplayed. Not because their roster is so much more talented. Not because they have so many more guys than the Atlanta Hawks. Not because they have so many better players than what the Hawks have. And not because they're healthier and without injury. They didn't have Kyle Lowry last night. How much money does he make? $30 million? How much is Kyle Lowry getting played to be one of their stars? He didn't even play last night. So this has been a frustrating experience. We'll obviously have a lot of chance to break down the offseason and unfortunately, I think that's going to start Tuesday night for the Atlanta Hawks as they head back to Miami as they're down three to one. All right. When we get back, um, it is NFL draft week. How you feeling? Excited? Let me give you my thoughts about all of this. It is hitting hard with John Chuckery. 
We are locked on sports Atlanta. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome back to Hitting Hard with John Truckery on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Asking you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just go into YouTube and put in the browser Locked on Sports Atlanta. You will find us very easily there. Hit that little subscribe button. Give us a review. Tell us what you think. Leave us some comments. And, uh, of course, I want you to follow me on my Twitter page at JMCH316. NFL Draft is this week. How you feeling? Are you good? Are you excited? As a Falcons fan, I should be excited, right? This is the first time since 2008. So leading into the 2008 draft, this is the first time that this organization, if we're being honest, has had this much instability. What I mean is, you don't have your long-term answer at quarterback. You don't have a lot of the core of your guys. You don't have things figured out. You're in you know, only the second year of a brand new regime of coach and general manager. There's a lot of change in the air and a lot of instability right now about where the Falcons are headed, what direction are they going in, and who are they going to build around. Now, how am I feeling about the draft starting Thursday? And I'll be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Thursday. I'll be broadcasting from there. I'm doing a show there. I'm going to be there for the environment of it. Shouldn't I be excited? Because right now, I'll describe my feelings as I'm cautiously optimistic. I want to believe in Terry Fontenot. I do believe in Arthur Smith. Let me, let me say that. I do believe in Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith proved to me last year that he can get some things figured out and get some things done without a great roster around him. And I think Dean Pease did a really good job at defense coordinator. Now, how long he lasts, I don't know. know, Maybe just a few more years, but at least his influence and his imprint can be put on this organization in that time. Terry Fontenot, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like right now this organization has done a good job of roster management over the last couple of years, okay? Have they done everything? No. But, okay, let's start with the draft last year, okay? I like Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts didn't fix nothing for your football team. You know, this this team has a tumor, okay? But this team has a cancerous tumor in it that needs to be removed, taken out, fixed, and you have to start fixing, you know, what the problem is. The way they're going about it, though, is instead of going in and, and cutting out the tumor and getting on the road to recovery, they're getting their cavities filled in. They're having a chiropractic adjustment. You know what I mean? Like they're doing these other things that are good and they're healthy and they're and they're you know, needed, but they're not fixing what the problem is. So Kyle Pitts is nice. 
Richie Grant, I like. He played 23.5% of the snaps this past year. The rest of your draft was trash. For being honest, Jalen Mayfield, Drew Dahlman, Darren Hall, Taquan Graham. You think anybody wants any of those guys? What you, you think if you cut one of those guys right now, there'd be teams lining up to go grab them? Take the offseason this year. You brought in Ryan Pace to consult, and now we've turned this into, we have 14, 14 former Bears players, coaches, and executives in this organization from the Bears of the last year or two. Well, aren't they a bad organization? Aren't they an organization that's no good? Wasn't Ryan Pace fired? Because their franchise stinks and is going in no direction. Isn't that why he's not there? If he was any good, he'd be in. So you're signing all the cast-offs of a bad team. You're bringing in these average coaches. And you're and you're going off of a general manager that was just fired a year ago. Why are we building around like we're the Bears? Well, that's not what we're doing. We're just stopgapping. Then stopgap with somebody else. There's 32 teams in the league. Stop gap with the Bengals or the Titans where your head coach came from or the Saints where your general manager came from. Stop gap with those organizations where they're good. Well, they don't want to get rid of their cast off. There's always cast offs from those teams. We've signed guys from Tennessee. Let, let my head coach and defense coordinator coach some of those guys that they have a relationship with. You know, Rashawn Evans and some of these guys. They brought their long snapper in. I'd, I'd rather come from a better so without getting distracted and all that. I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't think the Falcons, um, the Matt Ryan thing was botched. There, there was no reason for this organ. Well, you have to kick the tires on Deshaun Watson. No, you don't. You can appreciate Deshaun Watson from afar and understand that, you know, you know listen, I can appreciate a Mercedes-Benz, you know, 550 SL from a distance. But I'm not in that world of, hey, I'm going to go to the dealership and kick the tires on it, knowing that I can't buy it, knowing that I can't afford it, knowing that I can't finance it. Why would I waste my time going and kicking the tires on something like that? And then that led to Matt Ryan and the debacle of he's ready to get out. The only honest interview I've read in this whole offseason is the Matt Ryan, Peter King Q&A from Monday Morning Quarterback a month or two ago, whatever it's been now. Go read that. And that'll give you some insight into what Matt Ryan thought. He knew it was time to move on. This isn't the Falcons deciding on Matt Ryan's future and all that. It was Matt Ryan who decided all that. After they told Matt Ryan that you're going to be part of the selection process and that all went sideways. So am I feeling good about what we're going to do starting on Thursday night? No. <clears throat> this... This really should be an easy draft for the Falcons. Not because of all the needs and blah, 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 but the direction of how to do this. I'm sitting here in front of a camera, some Hamanager jabroni, some, some Mook Metagon, you know, Strutz Scafoso, sitting here talking to you, and I understand how to fix the Falcons. It ain't that hard. If you can't move back, take the best defensive player at eight, try to bundle some picks, move up in the end of the first round, go grab a quarterback, 
And then let's start addressing offensive line, wide receiver, safety corner, as we're moving through the draft. But your first pick has to be defensive end. You, you, you try to move back up and get Desmond Ritter or somebody at quarterback, bundling some of your seconds and thirds. And then from there, you can start to take offensive line, wide receiver, safety corner. Okay, I'm fine with all that stuff. This is not hard. This isn't a hard draft. This isn't hard to figure out the direction. But you're so bad at certain things. Then how do you how do we, how do we have discussions about corners and safeties and wide receivers at number eight? Might as well draft a punter. Might as well draft a kicker to, to replace Koo. But this should be an easy draft. And I have this fear that we're going to sit back here and the Friday after the draft, I'm going to be in, on, in front of the camera and I'm going to be like this. Uh, what did the Falcons just do? Who did they just draft? Uh, yeah. I hope it's not that way. But this will define for me, because I, I'm not going to have a long leash with Terry Fano. This is not going to be Thomas Dimitrov, give him a decade. I'm not going to have a long leash with Terry Fano and what he does. Uh, his draft this past year was piss poor at best. Uh, he's going to get it. And by the way, can we stop with the we need three starters or four starters? You don't need just, you need impact players. You need a guy like Tristan Wirfs, who in his second year's first team all NFL. You need a guy like Micah Parsons, who goes out and wins rookie of the year in the league in his first team all NFL. I don't care how many spots you fill. I care about the quality of the guys that you have, not just guys that fill a role and can start for your football team. All right. Well, uh, listen, we'll keep you up to date, uh, you know, all this week. We're going to talk certainly plenty of draft with you here as uh, it starts on Thursday. And uh, we'll break down what the Falcons did each of these days. We'll probably have some uh, weekend stuff, too, for you uh, this well. Some special bonus content about where the Falcons uh, are headed and who they drafted out of all of it. So we will be back with you tomorrow. Don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We do thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck for your first listen every day. But make sure that your second listen is to is with A to Z uh, with Mark Zinno, my buddy Mark. The return of Mark Zinno to Atlanta sports, uh, sports opinions. You may not like them, but you got to hear them. So A to Z with Mark Zinno is part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. It's free and available on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you uh, check us out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you follow me at JMCH316. And we will be with you tomorrow morning. It is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.